Okay, welcome. Um, I have three amazing guests for me today to preview EU Masters. Um, fun fact, actually, by the way, Goldberg, I wanted to say this to you before I forget. My friend's mum said you looked like a very attractive golden retriever. So do with that what you will. Do you, do you have anything to say back to, to Deborah? It's not what, what he's going to do with it. It's what I'm going to do with it next broadcast. So I, I guess I'm thankful. Uh, any, any compliment is, is taken. Thank you to, to that friend's mom. I appreciate it. Excellent. Debbie from Woking, if you're out there, if you're watching, that was for you. Um, I will skip over the normal Nymera Castlevania references or I think... I think yeah. Veteran V2's a popular one at the moment as well. Is that one? There's Viego, but... but, but oh, Viego, that's hair. not bad. Yeah, um, that's not bad. There's Arcane Victor uh, from the hit show Arcane. Um, there's there's a whole lot of stuff. It's If, if, if it's got cheekbones, I've been, I've been referenced to it. There you go. And we are, of course, as well, joined by Fnatic Team Quezo, or Team Cheese, as I like to call them, because of their logo, not because of their underhanded tactics, I will have you know. <laughs> their mid laner Backer, who is obviously fresh off winning uh lvp and you know if we're being honest he was kind of forced to be here because he is my client so i basically put a gun to his head and he <laughs> is here against his own will so excellent Be before we go in and sort of break these games down in honor of my usual hosting buddy on side select i would like to present you all with a very interesting question but I don't want to completely steal this thing. I just want to massively borrow from it and then butcher it. So I'm going to be asking you a would you rather question. And in the spirit of EU Masters, my question is, if you could be fluent in any language, what would it be and why? In fact, I've just okay. realized that I've, I've gone off my pre-prepared would you rather question because that's not actually a would you rather question, is it? Maybe you prefer this one. In fact, let's go with this one. This one's more interesting. Would you rather be able to speak every language fluently or play every musical instrument perfectly there we go slightly less stolen Oof. that is not our language for sure 100 imagine the casting opportunities man if you were just fluent okay, in every language true. oh no whoa, 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 whoa. but then you think of like your extra creative kind of limits you can go to with all the obviously i play i play guitar and shit anyway like i'm a musician so for me i would definitely go towards the musical side of things it's been a big kind of influence for me growing up and also, there's another creative outlet there. You see, Goldborg, you're thinking about it in, in one track. What happens if you start opening it Yeah, up, I was going to say, Goldborg, I mean, you, this is the thing you're already doing. You're like, I could do that thing even better for more people. I was thinking rather than, you know, if I can play literally every musical instrument, I'll probably you, you blow so what up you're saying online is as a... Either become like a polyglot or become Trent Reznor, who already plays like every instrument. There's, yeah. there's that side, but it's also, is that what I want, right? And casting is the passion I'm going for. So I'm going to stick to what makes sense to me as a person. Holy moly, that is one passionate caster. Right. What about you, Baka? I would go as well for the language because I would love to speak uh, Korean or Chinese so I could uh, true. enter in LPL. Would yeah, be actually, very yeah, that's a that's a good answer actually. From a player perspective, yeah, I kind of yeah. I kind of get it even more because like the opportunity to play with like once in a lifetime sort of players who you never get the opportunity to play with afterwards. No, yeah, that's a that makes perfect sense. Right, cool. Anyway, without further ado, before we dive into the groups, because we are going to go through the groups here sort of one by one, get uh, you know our opinions on what we think and so on. But before I do that, I want to just very briefly sort of touch in the play-ins. Um, and basically, for those who don't regularly watch, and part of what I wanted to do in sort of this, this initial show is to kind of also bring people a little bit up to speed who don't already follow the ERLs like as much as we do, perhaps. Um, and... From your guys' perspective, 
considering that the play-ins are usually, you know, the teams that finish third in their region or, have, you know, uh, have to play their way through the hard way because they didn't win or whatever. Typically, these teams are not meant to be, like, favourites for the tournament. And looking at this, I probably would say that applies here unilaterally. But which of these teams to you guys is most interesting and who do you think could potentially make noise in groups and maybe further? I'll start with uh, you, Goldborg. Yeah, I definitely think Vitality B is the one I would have my eyes on. Like, I think from the regular season they had in the LFL, they showed a lot of good strengths. And I think in playoffs as well, uh, they fell kind of short when they fell out. And it was a close best of five as well. I think LFL top teams in general are very close to each other, where at times it feels like on a good day, different teams come out ahead. So I think in between these teams... Uh, I think for me, Vitality B is one I'm having a look at. And I'm also a little bit biased. I'm looking for Segunda. I'm looking at the Danes. I might as well put that out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a, that's an obvious one that I missed, actually. That's a great shout, Vitality B. Obviously, I assume both of you guys would uh, would agree with that. But is there, are there any other names you sort of uh, um, like to tack on there? It, it depends what you're kind of looking for, right? Because if you're looking for, like, tournament favorite stuff, then yeah. I mean, in terms of if they're going to make a deep run. Um in terms of what people might not expect, I think actually USC had a really strong plans performance, uh, Unicorns Love Sexy Edition. I think that um, when they did get towards the, the late the late game states, they were very good at not making mistakes, and that's a very important part of that style. There was some The second game versus Bifrost in their play-in group is actually a very interesting game. Um, so I'm interested in seeing if they can kind of comfortably slide into mid-late game in groups, even against higher caliber of teams, and still play this very low mistake style, particularly around Ruby, their mid laner. Uh, I think that they might have some upset wins, and I think that this is a team which will potentially surprise some that haven't watched the playing stage. Before I go to Vaka, I would just say that that is probably the first time I've ever heard anyone fully articulate Unicorns of Love Sexy That's edition. me. You know, you got to go that's, straight into it. Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. What, what about you, Vaka? What do you think of these teams, and, and would you add any other teams? Obviously, you've probably maybe even scrimmed some of these teams. Are there any that stick out? Yeah, for me, for sure, uh, Carmen Corp. I think uh, they came they came in not looking at, that great in the playoffs uh, of LFL, but I think they can still contend for the a good run at least, and maybe even the top depends a bit on how they are, because we can't forget that they have players with a lot of experience and that won uh, the titles. I would say Carmen Corp would be an interesting team. How obviously don't give anything away in terms of, you know, uh, picks especially or anything, right? But when you guys had an opportunity to play against them, were they... Because obviously a lot of people would say that Carmine, Carmine Corp have disappointed, right? That would be the general consensus. The team is absolutely stacked from top to bot. Um, and probably their placement in LFL is not as a lot of them would have hoped, certainly as their ultras would have hoped. When you guys scrimmed against them, how did they measure up to what your expectations were? Did you expect them to be like an LEC team that just sort of, well, not necessarily steamrollers you, but you know what I mean? Like puts up an LEC level fight or how were they? Yeah, I mean, not giving too much away. I think they they looked as I expected. I think all the French teams, in a way, they look strong. So I, I didn't get disappointed by them, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. And sort of on that note, before we sort of go in and preview the groups here, I just want to get any picks from you guys that maybe if teams actually didn't even make it to the play-in stage that you have very high hopes for, and actually they sort of, yeah, they just could 
they just disappointed and didn't even make it there. Obviously, I'm going to steal both of Goldborg's and Nymera's uh, oh, answer probably no. and say Excel, but I'm not going to say anything I'm about it. Gonna say the same thing. I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to use that as the platform, you know. Have to get in my digs as well. Oh no! So, now I actually have to think now. Well, no. I, I mean, first of all, I want I want both of you and especially Goldborg to talk to that because obviously, for those who don't know, again, these guys you may have only seen them doing LEC, but there is a world outside all of our windows, and it's called NLC. It's quite a small window, and it's not got you know, the most grandiose viewership of uh, LVP or LFL yet, but we're getting there. We're getting there. So what, what do you two guys We're trying, think damn it. We're trying. <laughs> it, I think it's the fashion it would carry carried out in. It was not like they, they fell out to a team that was going and going to go to finals in our league, right? It was against Riddle, who fell out immediately after having beaten JDXL as well at the same time. It's a team where start you know stars that we've seen in the past you got Christ on the top side even kick his role there swapping down towards the support role Eminis was like on everybody my everybody's mind in our league initially and I think it just goes to show like how some teams when don't know how like I'm not gonna say too much right but like when when the team cohesion is just not always there on a personal level as well like as a team you need to bond both individually as players but you also need to bond outside of the game sometimes in, in a way where you can um pro like take start the way i, I i'm really struggling to phrase so, i mean it goldborg's a, too much of a pro to fully say it so i'll expand a little more without you know letting the goose out there were extracurricular issues in that team and i think everyone agrees that if there weren't extracurricular issues that that team would well probably have been favored to win nlc to be honest x7 were a bit better than i expected i thought if all things were sort of you know flying uh, as they should then xl would just walk it but i think even if everything was like hunky-dory perfection behind the scenes of XL. I think that still would have been a very legit final. It like would have been think, com competitive. Yeah, for right? sure. I think, yeah, I think sure. The, the, su the surprise from X7, which of course is going to be in Greece, and we'll talk about them a bit more, is that Haru was so damn good. Like in yeah. the region, he he was on another level to what we expected, but uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit more. But just kind of like capping off the JDXL thing, I mean, they had probably their worst games against Riddle's best games in that quarterfinal. That is true. The first round, and it's just like really unfortunate timing. A lot of things happening off the rift, blah, blah, blah. So... Obviously, I'm a little bit uh, sad to not see them. I I'm trying to think across the like the rest of the regions if there's another team there. Um, I didn't even make it to the plans, but that that's that's the obvious one. That's the sitting. Uh, yeah, the sitting duck. I think the the nice thing about that would have been as well because obviously we had this controversy about the, the slots allocation per region, right? And I think if JDXL had gone to EUM in like a really good way let's say then it's theoretically possible that both them and x7 in my opinion as you said we'll talk about later could have made like both pretty decent runs and that would have been pushing that argument further and further and like come on give us a fucking extra spot like what is this so yeah that is a that is definitely unfortunate um sorry goldborg you're about to say something yeah, I just think in general, there's only one thing that I'm going to be missing from a viewership point of view is that Koi didn't make it. So we wouldn't have, I, I would have loved to see the viewership between a Koi versus K Corp. Like if they made a deep run, obviously Koi really didn't live up to those expectations either. So that would just be purely from like, I would have loved to see the viewership numbers of that. Oh, yeah. And Baka, like you guys, obviously, I think you scrimmed against XL a bit or whatever. What what was your experience like in particular playing against Eminez? Because, you know, I've been like shouting from the rooftops for unfortunately overstayed my hypeness on this guy a little bit from an outside perspective, I would say. But obviously, you know, knowing what I know, again, I'm not going to go into super deep details. I think as a mechanical player, 
I think this guy is arguably like a top five mid laner like in the region like already just pure hands if we're only laning talking about phase, hands he is yeah laning phase yeah he, he is sure. he is nutty yeah outside of that I mean yeah you obviously we don't know exactly what the dynamic is between communication and so on but for you Baka you played against this guy like do you think that people like me overhyped him or do you think he actually was legit I mean to be fair I didn't play much against him I think we only screamed a few times uh, maybe two or something and um, yeah he was definitely good but I also felt like his team at some point was not working as well as they appeared to to be right and uh, I guess that showed uh, because for sure I was expecting them to be favorites in NLC and even be a good enemy uh, for you masters so I was really disappointed at them their results yeah, I mean, I think as we sort of echoing everyone's thoughts that we're all disappointed they weren't there. And again, for anyone who didn't have a chance to like watch through before EUM and you don't have time to, you know, watch every game, I would just say watch all of the first five minutes of all of XL's games for like the first two thirds of the regular season and just watch oh, yes. and what he does in lane in the first five minutes. Like you're going to see some pretty some pretty crazy shit. And to be he fair... He was the first person to play the mid lane Kaiser. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, he's yeah, actually yeah, killed level uh, C. Yeah, he had good picks as well. Like he was very innovative, and I think that was a good strength of him. Um, he had every pick. Love, Didn't he pick like twelve unique champs in a in a world? He, he played a twelve unique champions in thirteen games. The only champion he doubled up on was LeBlanc, and yeah. he got over two solo kills a game in each of those games. So he got yeah. a bit crazy. Now um, he also played the Aphelios mid. That was kind of fun, and that was actually in an okay comp. Uh, that was one of their losses. It kind of fell apart when he. He coin flipped a few many times, but that was kind of the nature of the player. Actually, I scream against that of Helios. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> it wasn't very beautiful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was really weird pick. I, I never played against a Helios, and I think that's the um, like that's how he gets so much uh, like solo kills and stuff because mid laners are not used to play against this weird stuff, and mm. they just get surprised because he plays really aggressive. And if you are not in check with what the champion does, you will just get, get run over, right? That's, that's so something, I, actually, as well, I wanted to ask you about Backer, because I think like, a perfect example of this is obviously when he, like, walked down the Corky player playing Kaiser yep. mid at level two or whatever, just casually just walked <laughs> under tower and killed him. As a mid, do you think that's something he just knew he could definitely do? Or do you think it was kind of more sort of intuitive? Context on that. No, but context I, on that. So we heard from the team that, that the guy the guy that got solo killed was literally his... his the mid laner was calling in comms. What does this champion do, by the way? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Just dies. <laughs> like for sure, he didn't know what Kaiser uh, did at that time because it, nobody was playing it. And for sure, the Eminence, he knew what he was doing. Like he, he knows that Kaiser at level two is just if he gets the stacks off, like he, he will just one shot the Corky, right? Like yeah. he for sure knew he had damage to kill him. Okay, cool. So yeah, those are the sort of the the playing teams or team really that we're all sort of very upset didn't make it. We're now going to jump straight into the groups, and because of my amazing production values, that will all be on screen for you, lovely people, when uh, you're watching this on YouTube. So let's first go straight into Group A. Might as well do it in alphabetical order. So Group A is AGO Rogue. That's of course Rogue's Academy team. Oh good lord, am I going to try and pronounce this? Esports. Um, we've got Eintracht uh, Spandau and we've got Vitality B who obviously we mentioned earlier and is of course the academy team for Vitality. So uh, let me go to you first Goldborg. What are you looking at in this group? What do you think sort of the most interesting 
matchup that you're most looking forward to seeing here and who do you sort of project going out of this group or making it out of this group so I think there's a lot of interesting dynamics and storylines that I will already have ready for broadcast as like individual players that I'd love to dive into. But for the sake of also keeping this short, I feel like uh, a go rogue versus Vitality is uh, a good skill matchup in terms of also valuing how good Ultra League actually is as a league now. I think a go rogue for the longest time now has been uh, a team that has a bit sloppy and i think the first seed that ultra liga has sent now has been a bit unexpected all of last year like spring ago rogue was knocked out in the upper bracket to pw back then and then they had a really close series as well versus cake was 3-2 this time around they came into playoffs and they just smashed everyone completely like 3-0-3-0-3-0 so now i'm like how good is ultra liga and i like they still they have still built on like good AD carry player like Locker that was insanely hype coming in last year and I still think he will be hype coming in this year as well because he is incredibly gifted as well as a player so I like that they've kept their core they traded up what didn't work and it seemed like what they come in with this time around half worked I want to see how that works now because uh, I don't have scrim results and I don't see all these things backstage of these other regions how they fare against each other so I really want to see the strength of Ultra League now like just so people know Locker of course was on my now notorious would rather have them flax lists. And that is one that I still feel uh, fully justified on. For people who don't, and not that many people watch Ultra League, let's be honest, outside of Poland. Kind of the same with NLC, but they get more viewership, I guess, because it is a bigger Polish community. This guy, <laughs> yeah, th yeah, I'm, it, it, it is what it is. But I think this guy is really good. I think he's really, really legit. I think he's always kind of like there or thereabouts. And I'm thinking of like MVPs for that league. And he's now shown like a level of consistency. So yeah, he's definitely, definitely someone I would, I would look at. What about you, Nymero? What are you looking at in this group? So, um... Yeah, I think I'd go rogue at the kind of like the, the, the one thing I'd want to pin in place and then just see how it kind of like works out against the other three teams. I think the first thing I'd say in terms of overall groups, just to kind of zoom out a little bit is, because of course it kind of applies on a small scale here, is that this is probably the most balanced groups that we've had. Yeah, for ever. sure. Really good I mean, groups, yeah. Yeah, hmm. and, and part, of that, part of that is because play-ins were seeded and that meant that play-ins had the right teams getting out as well in a lot of ways. I mean, you, you can argue between Bar Bifrost and Barca, right? Maybe, whatever, sure. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. But, like, you're not getting random teams making into groups, randomly spiky groups, which means you've got clear favorites or a group of death where someone who should have been in quarterfinals isn't going to get out there. So I think that this group A, it's got a lot of wiggle room for who can get out. I'm really interested in seeing Eintracht versus a, a Go Rogue. I was actually just rod reviewing the finals of Eintracht versus uh, Game Legion. And... It felt like a couple of games that Eintracht had in that finals was they kind of just drafted themselves a comp where their job was really hard and they kind of fell apart to that. But when you see them in their even draft in the, in the game three where it went, went super late game and ended up being kind of like a, a multiple series of backdoors which ended up uh, winning Game of Legion the finals 3-0, um, Eintracht was still good hands on keyboards. Uh, they they kind of understood how to play a lot of their laying matchups. And uh, I think that Go Rogue after coming off of a split last time where they really struggled actually you know they came in with some flair to them um you know then they, they, they the plans was pretty okay and then they just fell apart in groups i'd love to see them have a revival on more of a narrative standpoint but i think that having um untrack who are also kind of like they're trying to like prove themselves after a zero three finals versus a go rogue who have to like last split and the rest of it on like on the master scene um kind of have something to prove i think that's a good matchup to kind of benchmark the two regions and then also kind of reclaim um, something for their regions and their teams. Yeah. What What about you, Baka? Have you had much experience or managed to watch any of these teams? Uh, not much, to be honest. Uh, but I do think Agorog will probably be first. Um, 
and I'm quite not sure about Vitality V because I've heard that they are a bit of uh, inconsistent when mm. it comes to U Masters. So I'm I'm kind of doubting them to be honest. I think if they are here to actually win it all, they yeah they can go through with Rogue, but I I have a, a sus button on them, and yeah. I think they might not get out. Yeah, we'll get into some interesting narratives about the relative strengths of the regions sort of a, a bit later. But yes, that's, that is kind of interesting to hear. I'm going to assume that none of you have heard of this uh, Serbian team who's... I actually, so they've actually, so Doblame is actually the jungler on that team. And he's like been like one of the reoccurring names we've had from Serbia. The same with Tasteless as well, coming from Serbia as well. Tasteless, like, I'm those are the two. Yeah. yeah, and you know, Doblame actually came to quarters back in 2018 with I think it was uh, 2018 or 2017 with an Asus Rocket lead back then. And I remember back then, like a lot of people in the Euro scene was talking about him and then the career just never really took off. I still think this is a team that has had their peak with the players they have on their roster. I haven't dived all too much into them, so I don't want to sell them off short. But I definitely do not have my hopes of uh, for this team going up against the others. But I mean, there is narratives, there is storylines, we for sure can drive with them. Yeah, this group does to me kind of look like, unfortunately, maybe, and this isn't really fair because I've not watched this team at all, but maybe sort of looking like a let's try and get some wins angle rather than mm. let's definitely get out of out, out groups angle here. So I'm just going to really quickly go to all of you and get your top two. So the team you think you'll go through first and then the second team you expect to go out, uh, out of groups. So I'll start with you, Baka. Uh, so Agarok, for sure they will uh, get out of this group. And after that, maybe Spandau. Okay, so Spandau over Vitality B, spicy, okay. Yeah. What about you, yeah. Goldberg? Well, I'm still going to stick to that there's more Danish people on Vitality B than there is on uh, Spandau. So obviously, you know, it's, it's a free win for Vitality there. Uh, but no, I like, I do agree with, I do agree with that they, they were inconsistent. There was a reason they were dropped out of playoffs. But I'm also kind of banking on them, haven't had the time now to fix some of these inconsistencies. They finally made it past play-ins, something Vitality B and European Masters for the longest time have really struggled with. So, you know, who knows? Maybe this time around, it's finally their time. <laughs> And you I know, Mera, what, what have you got? Talk about inconsistency again of the, the footage I've seen of, of Spandau. Um, they sometimes pick themselves comps which need to do stuff early and they don't they don't achieve that. They make the drops quite hard, but like they're not the most consistent team either. Sometimes they come out and they really team fight and they really blow you away in the skirmishes. So I think there's going to be a lot of room for, room for maneuver between um, Untrack and um, uh, Vitality B. I'm probably gonna say I go rogue based off of that, just playing the safe bet. I think they are the the most likely. And who's the second? Up. Okay, how much do I really want to dunk on Prime League? Uh, yeah, Vitality B, let's go. Hell yeah, let's let's go LFL. <laughs> one one quest, one follow up question on that, which I'm not expecting straight answers for any of you on this, because let's be real, I'm the only hit person here who can really be properly toxic about this, and I'm not going to be, but I'm just framing it all for you as a pre warn. Diplex is a player who has been around and like super hyped for I would say the last two years now really yeah. um, and obviously he's had his his high his highs and lows at his sort of peak level of hype it was like this guy will be the next like ERL mid laner coming into LEC and sort of making some noise at his lowest it's kind of like overhyped borderline choker there I say you know at, at his worst of times what do you guys think of this player and how how do you see him versus you know what the highest expectations that people have had and kind of how those expectations got somewhat mitigated over time because I guess he you know ultimately he is still 
in the same place he was two years ago. I mean, that sounds harsh, but he, he hasn't seemingly really progressed too much from an outsider perspective. Is that a fair thing to say? Or from watching him, do you think this guy is, is still legit and has a big future? I'll start with you, Nymera. Oh, go on. Oh, sorry. No, I'll go, so, I'll go Goldborg. No, no, no. Go on. No, yeah, go on. Yeah, okay, no, okay. I mean, okay. Um, so, you know, I don't think they're a bad player. I just think that the problem with the ERL system in some ways, it not that, no, it's not a fault of the system. It's just something which is very hard to contend with as players. It's that you've got a lot of talent going through. And I, I you know, I, uh, I watched a lot of the players games. A lot of the games happened at once. A lot of it kind of blended into one. Only a few players kind of like really stood out to me at certain points. And Diplex wasn't massively one of them at the play-in stage. So like at this point, they're not like someone I'm going to say, this guy's absolutely going to pop off. Now there's still time for me to change that opinion. But for now I'm like, okay, You've got to show me more. So I'm not not holding too much uh, in stock for Diplex. So like solid, decent, and yeah, mid laner. No, but... Look, at the end of the day, they're, they're an LFL player at Universes. They're going to be a good player. Are they going to be next person in LEC? Not currently, off of what I've seen. But you know, there's still still time. That's a lot of room for maneuver. Uh, room for maneuver on that. What about you, Becca? As someone who's obviously yourself been touted, little agent plug here. As someone who's maybe you know one of the next big EU mids like have have you played against this guy what do you think of Diplex I mean the words on the street is that he's a bit of a choker when it comes to games with pressure right uh, but I don't have anything about him to be honest I think he's a, a fine player but the hype that they put it on him was a bit too much I don't think he will be the next LEC superstar right I think he I, I'm not sure how old is he uh, he's, he's still he's still young, I think, because when when the hype first started, I think he was really young. Let me tell you, I'll yeah. give you. I think he might still be nineteen or so. He's eighteen still. He's still eighteen. He's just, wow. Yeah, okay. Mean, so yeah, he's still very young. Yeah, but I I don't know. At least the the early hype that they put on him, maybe it kind of backfired because he's been two years, right? Every time he goes to play-ins and he he doesn't seem that good, but maybe it changes now, right? Fair enough. And what about you, Goldberg? Any any thoughts yeah, on this guy? Yeah, I was guy? just going to say, still fundamentally as a mid lane, I think he takes all the boxes you kind of want in a mid laner from what I've seen. I think champion pool wise as well, he does phenomenally on all the standard champions you want to come through with. And I think he's one of the few mid laners in EU at least where I feel like, okay, your Vex, I'll actually fear it. I'll actually be like, okay, oh, that's you a good play point, that actually. champion. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Yeah. Whereas there's some other mid laners that at least struggle. But I'm not going to base that off one thing. There's multiple factors going into it as to why some matchups work and why they don't it's really difficult looking at that isolated but i still think it's just it yourself 18 years old um i don't think he's on the same level as let's say larson when he had the same hype he had with the deep runs he had with nip as well and all that i think it's been a while since we've had a mid laner like that from the european regional leagues where i was just like okay you can definitely go all the way uh through this um but i mean as Alex said, the fundamentals or the structure of, of the ERLs sometimes is, it's just it, it's a thin needle life for some, some players, and we just have so much. He's got like as a well. he's, he's got like a, a good like uh, whetstone to kind of use in this group in terms of the special on on Span on Spanda right now. Actually, he had he's had a pretty good playoffs run, um, so maybe there's a chance for him to kind of show off and uh, show some results against a, a player with a little bit of clout behind them. But See, it's I'm going to say something really toxic now, which is I think special kind of epitomizes the, how where I see that as a region at the moment. I just think I just think Prime League's trash. I'll be honest. And again, special. That's like... top laners are good. That's top laners are good, and I think yeah, that's that's, an open, that's fair. But, but um, the rest of the map, we'll, we'll see. But top top is potentially a good matchup across um, some of the other areas. Yeah, of course. For people who don't remember, special actually once upon a time was XL's mid laner and. 
LEC. Actually, I felt when he was in LEC, got over like harsh, too harshly uh, criticized. I think he actually had some decent picks. I think his TF was pretty good. I think that he was... The problem for me was special was that he was always serviceable, but never like stand out. And because obviously so much of the game over so many metas is about mid lane, at least in large part, I think that ultimately became a problem. But I think it would be unfair if history sort of looked back at his stint in LEC and were like, this guy was really bad. I think he was just ordinary and unfortunately ordinary in Europe, especially, right? Like doesn't really cut it when it when it comes to mid laners. When you look at the mid laners um, we've got here, you, yeah. you need to have something unique to uh, bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So let's swiftly move on to Group B then. Magical graphic coming down in front of your screen. So in Group B, we have Gamer Legion, we have Carmine Corp, we have Team Phantasma, and we have X7 Esports representing the NLC. So what are your guys' initial thoughts on this group? I'll go with you first, Baka. What do you what do you look at at these teams? I, you know, you mentioned sort of K Corp a bit earlier. Are they the yeah. team to beat you're looking at? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, K Corp will will go through this group. Honestly, I I'm sorry NLC, but uh, I just don't believe it. Honestly, on X7, I think their mid jungle is good, but <laughs> the rest, like, I I just don't see them winning against K Corp or even Gamer Legion, to be honest. So yeah, I do think they will they will not show up, but I hope they prove me wrong. And who, well, who else? Who lest else we, lest we tempt fate here, um, if you watch back at how Kamiko are playing in plans, I think they're pretty exploitable. Um, I think that they have been You're saved about by K Corp. K Corp. I think K Corp yep. are very exploitable if they don't have winning lanes. Now, the way that they've gotten away with some pretty tragic early games, where they're just giving up really stupid skirmishes, like they're randomly walking it at different points and they are just kind of getting picked off, is because they're really good at laning. Their brute force laning is really, really good. But I think when you're going up against these main stage, um, these, these main stage teams, you're not going to get that same degree of freedom. I think against Gamer Legion, K Corp have a pretty good matchup in that regard because K Corp, um, again, they don't necessarily play. I think actually, in terms of Gamer Legion, K Corp and X7 to an extent, all of them play towards like mid game spikes, not necessarily hyper aggressive early game. You know, there's a lot of hackrams flying about the place. Occasionally, you'll see like Elise Sins and whatever, or one one three going back towards Jinzao or or the like, but it's not about hyper-aggressive early games, it's about sliding into a mid-game and taking team fights there, and I feel like um, Gamer Legion might be a bad match, uh, might, right, might have a bad matchup in K-Corp because they're not punishing them early. I think X7 actually might have a better matchup versus K-Corp because they might just punish them for not skirmishing effectively early and then making them play through a deficit. So I think K-Corp might have some issues in this group. So you're saying basically that, that X7 has better laning and the, they are probably more aggressive and they will win the skirmishes early on against K-Corp? Based off of what Coming Core have shown already, I think that we'll, that we could be seeing that, yeah. Okay. I actually I mean, low-key agree I... with this take, by the way, a little bit. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't conclude that X7 will like beat K-Corp. No, it's just, it's an I angle that, yeah. Yeah. some teams wouldn't have that angle. Yeah, just a I agree. Right? I think that's something that's... Baka just came from a scrim series with X7. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What, what I would quick... Uh, of course, I have insight to information, right? So What I would I quick, quickly the... say... Um, sorry, yeah, before... But scrims are fake data, no? Like yeah, in sure. Europe. Well, that's yeah. the meme now, isn't it? Scrims yeah. don't mean anything. The better you play, the worse you are on stage. So if you've been doing well in scrims, Baka, recently, then that's sorry, a good dudes. sign. <laughs> yes, it's, it's looking... But, but before I go to Goldball quickly, I, I'll just uh, say on X7 as well, I think... This, I just want to kind of make this one very specific point, just because I think it might be interesting for people that don't know. I actually think Smithy J or Jaeger, whatever he's called at the moment, 
is actually really underrated. I think that this guy had like so much baggage, like his whole career basically. And by the way, again, not to be toxic, like I've worked with this guy directly. Some of it is justified. Like, let's just say that. Like there are some players who you hear about and there are certain things where, yeah, you're like, if you didn't have this about you, then it wouldn't hold you back so much. But I think as a pure player, when he's in the right mindset, I actually think he's a pretty decent top laner. On the right picks, right mindset, if they've had like a good day, let's say, I think that this guy is actually really Just don't underrated. let him sideline. His sidelining has no, been no, no, suspect. No, 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 no. They're split, everything else is solid. He's Except dependent. the finals, actually. I think that was the one time where I was like, yeah. wow, you're actually not inting on sidelane. I think like when, when they- Oh, even then he had one too. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, right? Um, but even then, I still think that we see signs of life. And I think that's kind of just the core of it, that even as a player, no matter how old you get, you still improve. Like, there there's, will still be times where, like, you can expand yourself. Uh, and I think that he's proving that. I still don't think he's the best top lane at all in the league, right? But I also will agree with the sentiment that he's probably getting overlooked a little bit. I mean, I think, well, bias. Uh, a caveat alert again, because I rep him. I think, to be honest, I think Cries is, like, by far the best top laner and a legit LEC top laner still, so I think he would get Chris that nod. Yeah. But um, so yeah, he's is... playing like Zillion top into Gwen, just to be yeah. like, haha, you can't run at me, and suddenly I'm Zillion in team fights. That was really intelligent. Which, which is Chris. which is funny as well because like the narrative about Cry's historically was that he basically had a champion puddle, right? That, that he could only play his his solo queue sort of lame bully champs, and that he couldn't really play anything else. But I think he actually showed quite quite a lot, especially this split. But yeah, Goldberg, what are your thoughts on this group? Who who have you got coming out? I honestly haven't gotten the time to really go into the deep analysis of, of, of these teams just yet. But like just also looking at uh, like what Alex said as well, with like kind of win game, win lane uh, or win lane, win game philosophy of it. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure of the supports in this group to really have the influence of the map uh, and get the ball rolling. Like you get Hunter on the side of K-Corp, obviously, but Wisdom has had a phenomenal split with Gamer Legion as well. I think he had his moments every now and then where he ins a little too much, goes in for an engage and it just like completely backfires. I think if yep. they can get the ball rolling as well, then that certainly helps them. And Kasing at his best has genuinely looked fucking amazing. Like his some of his Thresh plays, some of his Leona plays we've seen in the league, like has been really good. But then you'll have other times as well where they're just playing a time Kinch center lane and they die like four times in lane. So I think like the inconsistencies there is still what worries me a little bit, but it's been a while since I've seen them. Um, so without being able to predict fully what goes on here, um, I think the Greek league is just the only one I really haven't had a clue about just yet. Yeah, I mean, just to sort of piggyback off that, I think Kasing's narrative is actually super interesting because if I'm being honest, like from my perspective, I think he was kind of drifting around in sort of uh, skill level purgatory, let's call it. Like he was always fine as a support. Um, well, obviously when he came on the scene, he was amazing when he was first on G2. H2K, super hot crew, like he was really, really good. And then when he came out of the league, he never really looked like he should go back in, in my opinion. And when he did mm. go back in, I didn't think he warranted that at all. Um, but I think it's been really interesting watching him this split. Because obviously, this is now a guy whose career, professional career, has spanned, you know, six, seven seasons at this point. And he looks as good as he's looked since, I would say, 2016, to be honest. So I think that's pretty interesting. I'm actually a little bit with you on this one, Nymera. I'm gonna, I'm picking uh, X7 to come out. I'm picking K-Corp and I'm picking X7. I don't actually even though we talked about the matchup and I, I agree with you on that i don't think that will be enough for them to beat k corp but i just think that i again i don't want to bash on the league too much or whatever i'm i don't know anything that comes out of that league i'm just not convinced by and i yeah i don't know I, obviously you obviously could unless, just clip it unless sakura has unless sakura has like a godlike group stage i think game legend could have some issues yeah they mm. they slide into good mid games late games i think that they're pretty good when they're playing around solid 5v5s um and their landing phase is pretty solid. 
Everyone's laning phase is pretty solid at this point. Not going to get that as a free advantage. Yeah. And uh, I assume none of us are picking Phantasma to get too many games. That would be probably... If, if they if they get wins in this group, it's probably the most surprising thing. Yeah. Um, and that would be really cool. Wouldn't if be the it does first happen, time we had know. a Greek team to come through in upset groups. We've seen for it sure, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, like as much as I say that in terms of percentages and stuff, it makes it really interesting if it does happen. Like, no, no knocks against me if they do. It'd be crazy. The only thing where it's sort of I'm off upset alert here with this team is that I did actually, yes, I actually watched quite a lot of the Greek league, and they were not the best Greek team. And I think basically what happens is they played WLG in the finals. And it was on land. It was in Athens. It was on stage. Mm. There was a crowd. I think WLG just choked their living hell. They had a lot of super inexperienced players, really young players. That AD Carry was literally 60. I think he was technically 17 when he went on stage, but super young and experienced players. And I think they just choked. And I think if that had been online, it probably would have been a 3 0 to WLG. So them not even being the best Greek team, in my opinion, kind of leads me to believe that I, I don't really see an, an upset uh, here. So. Yeah, so I think everyone's in agreement. Carmine Cop first, and then oh sorry, everyone is not in agreement at all. Uh, so no, Carmine Cop first. Uh, who who did you have second backer? Remind me. Uh, Game of Legion. Game of Legion. Okay, and uh, Alex, who did you have? I think I'm going to go X7 KC. Um, okay. Although I, I think it's going to be close. I think we're going to get some one ones. Um, yeah. But I think it will shake up like that. I've and got, Goldborg, uh, you've got Game of Legion, I, right? You don't believe I, in X7 I, or. I, like I, I have to believe in X7. Like genuinely, like I'm worried Good. about it, but I have to believe him. It's kind of like I, I, I hear so many inconsistencies, I, and I'm just worried. But I mean, you gotta have faith, right? So I think there's gonna gotta... be a tiebreak for first in this group. I think we're gonna get a tiebreak for first. Okay, yeah. interesting. So, are you guys expecting Carmine Corp to kind of like go to a different level during EU Masters, or do you think? that just them staying at their sort of plateaued level or whatever is enough anyway to take first in this group. If they play like they have been doing, they're going to drop games um, in groups. That, that's my take. Uh, the question is, what, well, I think whether whether that's enough to like knock them into third, that's going to be, I think that might be a bit of a stretch right now unless the other teams stack up. But I think currently they're going to, I think they'll drop a game to maybe X7. I don't know if they're going to drop two, but I think that'll be enough to uh, to worry them. Honestly, yeah, I feel... Sometimes just you get players like on a roster that sometimes will just show up when the stakes yeah, start getting games. higher and yeah. higher and higher and higher along the way. And if there is players in in a league uh, that has those, well, then it's K Corp. Yes, they obviously came through the play-ins uh, as well. But I think like for people like Reckless, like if you want to make it back into Lilisi, you can't flunk it out of European Masters. Like this is maybe not all or nothing, right? But this is where you have to show that you are still a level above uh, some of the rest out there. And I still think for a lot of these players, this matters. I think Se Seiken's contract is running up next year as well or something like that. Um, so I think for a lot of them, this is like the time to shine before they really want to make it into the LEC. And they do, I mean, you. this would be the last team you would expect to have any nerves whatsoever. Because first of all, yeah. now yeah. all the pressure's off them because they were the pre-season favourites to win it all for sure. They theoretically just upgraded the best team anyway. And secondly, they've all been there and done it, right? Obviously, Reckless technically hasn't played EUM, but he's not going to be phased by EUM. And these other guys have won EUM. So I think, uh, well, not Hantera, obviously. So yeah. yeah have I you think... heard of this literal world champion, Haru? I hear he's pretty good, yeah. Oh, there you go. That's that's for you, Goldborg. Is it you even more in yet? Are you in? Can I can I get you to commit to X7 here? Yeah, fine. Okay, Kick up one, X7 second. Game and victory. Coast. They're gonna it's it's gonna be a tiebreaker. They're gonna lose it on a tiebreaker for the second. There you go. I mean, honestly, the I, best. I want to say one thing yeah. though as well. That's uh, 
of course, I, I'm a non-believer in X7, but I believe <laughs> they, they will give a good fight, right? And they will for sure contest Gamer Legion. I think it will be even close. I'm not sure if they can go to tiebreaker or, any, or anything, but I, I do think they will give a good fight and Gamer Legion will come on top, but uh, we'll see. I think they're the really. Is, like I, I don't blame Barker for this. Like honestly, if I wasn't no, I just, in my heart, maybe I would have done I could never vote Prime League above NLC. That would break me. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, I think those are two regions right now where historically, obviously, Prime League was always a better league. I would just say than than NLC. But in terms of quality, actually, I'm not sure that that's the case. So that will actually be a really interesting matchup as a barometer for how accurate or not that is. I think one of the really nice things about these groups in general is you have two clear favorites or that most people would say like relatively clear favorites but the third team is like right there it's like you could make an argument for them over the second team in like all of these groups um so yeah obviously in that group uh x7's kind of playing spoiler i guess i guess most people would have x7 below game legion but in yeah, this... they're, they're not in a position that myself and goldborg are but no um <laughs> but in this next group we're going to talk about which is group c i think you've got a similar sort of thing because again uh, well, maybe not to the same extent because it's Bifrost, but, you know, Bifrost, who knows, best of ones and all that as well. We should we should say that, you know, anything can happen in the best of one. They're not having to dredge it out over five games to qualify, right? It is just the best of one um, double round robin. So, yeah, Group C, Bifrost from the NLC. Uh, Backers team, Fnatic, Team Cheese, as I like to call them. Uh, team BDS, which is the academy team, obviously, uh, from the LFL. And then... Again, I'm just going to ask you guys straight away, are any of you like overly familiar with ESCA as a team? Managed to not watch any of that? I'd like to be. Uh, okay, so not yet. Fair enough. Not so I'll, I'll start with you first, Nymera. What, what do you think about this this group? And do you give Bifrost any chance of getting out of this group? I would say this is the one where the third team is a little bit more distanced than uh, in the other groups, perhaps. Depends how, it depends how much teams prep for them. Uh, I think no, if you prep for no Bifrost, they're. Yeah, if if you if you if you prep for Vifrost, I think they're quite easy to handle. You just make sure they can't play two v two bot lane, and they they struggle because that's their don't leak all the strats. He's right here. God damn it! <laughs> taking notes, taking yeah. notes. Like, this, I feel like that's a, that that's a roster which like it needs specific circumstances to really pop. They're a good team. If you give them a comfort zone, they'll get towards it if they reach late game. Um, I think it's fairly obvious that Fnatic, uh, Team Keso are getting out first here for me. Uh, for me, I think they're up in a handful of. Tournament favorites. Um, I think you got them LDLC, and then I don't know whoever looks best in Group B after the group stage looks done. Um, I think that that's a pretty solid first to me. Outside of that, I think Bifrost are probably playing spoiler, uh, and the question is how much can they do that in certain matchups? I think that there's a chance if BDS butt heads in a two v two, there's a chance that Bifrost come out ahead and just like just raw arm wrestling. I don't think that's a. I still don't think that's favored, but I think there's a chance of an upset. Um, then as again. That's one where like I, I I need to watch a lot more footage of that team to kind of get the specific matchups down. But I think that you're looking at probably uh, Fnatic and Kessa getting out first. We'll see what happens with the upsets after that. But I think BDS are looking solid still. What do you think, Goldberg? Well, I'm looking at. I mean, there's one specific matchup. There's like who's actually the best Portuguese mid, right? You got Seiko versus Barker, so that's like an ERL matchup in itself. I think uh, bot lane. You have some of the best ERL AD carries in this group. Odie is so um, good. You got Bean, you got Crown Shot, you got Odie. Like the battle for the bot in this group is actually going to be really insane. And I think for a team like Bifrost, 
um, that is so bot heavy driven. Like if their bot lane falls apart, pretty much the entire team falls apart. They could probably not have rolled a, a more difficult group as well in this regard. Um, so I think that, that okay, they're, they're going to be struggling a little bit. My logic is yeah. because there are other good AD carries, they will want to just butt heads and play bot side. And I think you just beat Bifrost by never playing bot side. And you don't give, you have like, you have your support just like away from the lane. It's like, oh crap, we can't that see the fine. There's only but... one person in our lane. And I think my like, regard if you've got is really that... good bot lanes, there's a chance that Bifrost just butt heads and win. Chance. So here's the thing. Do you know what happens when mid lane pushes in the mid lane and they move down bot? There is they a specific a mid laner who really, yeah. uh, who really doesn't get a lot of prior right now, and that's Fury. I feel like his champion pull has had some struggles as well uh, throughout the season. I think he's been exposed more than he's been in the past. Like he's really good on the mechanical champions, but on some control mages, I don't think always think he's playing laning phase uh, to his best capabilities. No. Um, and I think that's something that, well, you got Barker here, you got on the side of BDS. Like, I think they have really scary solo laners um, where I think those will just be the teams coming out ahead. Like, you take Maxi as well in the jungle. I think probably one of the best DRL junglers you have currently as well. Um, sure. I think that's going to... That's really going to tip the scale as well, especially when, uh, as we we're saying, like if you tend to play towards a bot side, uh, then, you know, if any jungler just outpaths you or gets better intel or they, the team plays better around the jungler, I think that'll become really, really difficult. Super quick interjection, which I think might be quite interesting for people who, who don't have context. Obviously, you guys spoke about the, the bot laners, got loads of good, really good bot laners in here. Uh, we'll talk about Bean later, obviously, as well. But... What's interesting about Crown Shot is obviously as a persona and everything, as sort of an outfacing guy whenever he's, he's made appearances publicly, comes across as like a very, at minimum, a very self-confident guy, at maximum, a very cocky guy, right? Like he has yeah. a bit, bit of bravado about him. Uh, what's really interesting is in his last split with Vitality when he was in LEC, this guy just gave up everything. He was like, I'm just going to sit here uh, and you guys can play to top side. Obviously, they had a pretty demanding uh, mid laner in, in leader. There's a lot of Ezreal, I seem to remember. Yeah. And yeah, they and again, look at the pick orders. I probably don't bother wasting your time. Just take my word for it. If you, The pick orders in how he was being prioritized in draft and also how uh, self-made was playing towards leader. This guy didn't get a sniff and he was willing to play that role. So even though he has, as I said, this very sort of cocky outward bravado, I think... You may see this guy, obviously, because the roles are a bit different in terms of how he plays on uh, BDS Academy. I think you're going to see more of the old crown shot um, at EU Masters. You already saw some of it, obviously, in the LFL, but I think that's mm. an interesting one to look like. I, think, I feel like BDS are like the, the hipster team, right? You've got people who scream day and night that crown shot should never have dropped out of LEC. You've got Zico, who's someone, again, who's been on like the periphery of being talked about as maybe LEC caliber for a really long time. And then Aggressivo, another hipster yeah. pick, right? Like Everyone's like, why isn't Aggressivo in LEC? It's a disgrace, blah, blah, blah. So this is like team hipster in my opinion. Even Shio to a certain extent, right? Um, so all of these guys, I think, uh, so, oh, and Ed, honestly, this whole team is actually just team hipster. The amount of times I've seen people suggesting that uh, Airdote should also be in LEC is crazy, right? Uh, I'm going to suggest that based on how they did in NFL, that not all five are probably worthy, but which are and which aren't <laughs> should be, you know, up to your, to your own discretion. But yeah, Backer, what, what do you think of this group? I mean, I don't think I should say much, right? But... Um... Or who who do you who do you think will you be the smile and nod. It's let's okay. let's just go. Who who do you think will be coming out with with Fnatic from this group? Which team's making it out? I think it will be BDS. That that's basically it. I don't see Biofrost going. I think they are a tough opponent, and we will need to prep for it. And I do agree that if you don't prep for it like really well, you you might really get one game off 
because this is a BO, like this is just one game, yeah. and it's really dangerous. It's not like a BO5 that you can have maybe a drop off and then you ban some champions or whatever. Like here is legit only one chance. So I think uh, it will end up being BDS with us, and Bifrost will be third. Fair enough, we're not going to have him give away all their strats for that one. So let's go straight into... I mean, you all, you all have Fnatic and BDS coming out of this, right? Yes. I assume in that yes. order. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the only way this, get, this group gets interesting is it's best of ones, double round yeah. robin. One upset might make a tiebreaker possibility, but I don't think it changes the order of people. It's just like a moment, moment of drama, but that's kind of be it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's move on to Group D, which is... At Atleta Esports, who are from Italy. Uh, Bisons, who obviously are uh, LVP team. Uh, LDLC uh, from LFL. And as Alex so eloquently put earlier, Unicorns of Love, Sexy Edition, uh, make the up the group. So I think this is actually a really interesting group. Um, I think this is also a group where you'll see a good, again, sort of barometer of LVP and LFL and where those stack up. Uh, coming to you <laughs> yeah. first, Goldborg, what, what do you think about, about this group? Honestly, the group could not have been even, it could not have been more perfect. Seeing LDLC going up against Bisons, especially because you had this the these discussions during the regulars, but like, oh yeah, Bisons could beat LDLC for sure. And then you had the LDC manager coming out as well, being like, why why are we being called out? Or I can't remember <laughs> specifically, right? I just remember there was some drama in between these two teams. So that's the narrative point I'm looking at, I think for Bisons as well. Uh, probably one of the funniest teams I've had the pleasure of watching during these ERLs. They're very creative. They're very cheesy at times. I think at times can be a little bit inconsistent as well, um, especially uh, I think Botlane did show some inconsistencies towards the split, but Albatra, Trevor in the jungle has been really, really sick. I think Yike has had a phenomenal split, especially after, you know, I've casted Yike in the NLC just two years ago. And back then, he wasn't really hot shit. Like he, he, like he was like, he was there, he was in the jungle, but he wasn't a name where you're like, okay, this guy's going to be something. And then just from the, in the span of these two years, he's really elevated himself. And yes, obviously there's big names besides him, but I, I, I still think that he's going to be an incredible player. And then for Unicorns of Love, uh, because I haven't really had the chance to vote the Italian team just yet. So I'm just going to hold off from that. Um, I think Ruby is definitely a player to look out for. I think they play a really fun mid-centric uh, stylistic there as well. Um, but if I were to put my two teams that I would think would go out, I think I would put Bisons and I would put LDLC as my two favorites going into this group. So Vaka, obviously... In that order, or...? Yeah, in that order. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, Vaka, obviously you played against Bisons in a best of five, right? So you're pretty yeah. familiar with these guys. Who who would you say is the second best LVP team? Is it Bisons? And what, what do you expect from them in this group? I would say it's Bisons for sure. I mean, they deserve to get to the final. They actually did an insane split. And um, about the group, I think uh, LDLC would go first. Okay. And I actually think Bisons will get out as well. Because this is a best of one. And they are really dangerous on that <laughs> Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> I don't want to fuck them up. Right? <laughs> but I think everyone knows it, right? Like, they are kind of cheesy teams on yeah. picks. So, more than on like drafts. So, I think they are uh, really dangerous in these kind of scenarios. And I also think that they they were like first timers in lands. So, they kind of like our finals were, was a 3 0, but they got I don't experience. Think they, yeah, I don't think they showed like their real, their real self, right? Hmm. Like, they were 
I, I'm not sure about Shoking, but they were for sure uncomfortable playing in one. And yeah. uh, I think they will play online again, so I'm expecting them to show good things again. In terms of like the general level of like LVP, because obviously for people who don't know, Backer won LVP on UCAM uh, back in the day as well. Well, not really back in the day, fairly recently. But um, do you feel like the level of LVP, if we just obviously we'll compare the regions in a bit, but just comparing LVP to LVP, do you think, did you feel that the teams were stronger this time around or the last time you won the title? What was more sort of not necessarily difficult because obviously I would say you had a way better team this time even though your UCAM team was also good but how do you think feel like the level of of, of the, of the uh, general league is at the moment? Honestly, I thought the level increased but I also think that the top one to the like to the rest of them is like really huge the gap and it shows right like we end 16-2 is definitely shows the gap that it is between the, the other teams and um, I don't know I just feel like in the other years it was a bit more competitive and it, it was so much competitive that it was Giants that uh, won the the second split in LVP when they were like sixth place yeah. and they end up True. like from the lower brackets or like from like mm. the bracket itself they just won against everyone and they get to finals and they won right yeah. So I think it was a bit more competitive last year, and I think. But now is the competitive it's... level better or worse then? Like it is more competitive in the sense that more teams could like challenge the first right? Yeah. yeah. And, but I think now the level of like the teams itself it's a bit yeah. higher. It's okay. a bit top higher. Heavy. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Top heavy, but like I mean, yeah, I, I think I I kind of agree with that. I think that um, Fnatic TK are coming in. Uh, sorry, MTKSO are coming in as um, pretty pretty far above the rest of those teams. And I think they are, you know, up there as one of the tournament favorites. Whereas sometimes in the past, you might've called a second seed from, a, from from regions or whatever. Maybe, you know, they can make deep runs. I'm not sure we're gonna see that here. I think Bisons are a good team. Um, inconsistency problems have me quite worried here though. Uh, I look at this whole group and I think that Bisons might have an ability to punch punch up i say that kind of loosely because again it's kind of going against regions the second seed to a first seed and we know the distance between the first and second seed for, for lvp is, is quite considerable but because ldlc are quite typecast in the way that they play tend to play long range control mage mids you know long range ad carries tank support early fighting jungle play front to back top lane has a little bit of differences in it you can play some different stuff in there but ldlc you know what you're getting with them most of the time and with bison showing their draft flexibility and having just so many options if they prep well, I think that they can punch up potentially and take a 1-1 uh, against LDLC. Maybe even we'll see what happens there, you know? I think that uh, I can see that happening. I'm actually a little worried, though, for Bisons against someone like USC who are... Just, again, they're very flexible. They're, they're very consistent, rather, and they mm. don't really that make, make that many mistakes. I think we're still likely going to see LDLC Bisons making it out. I think that Bisons might trip up versus USC, though, if that consistency hits them, because that's something which USC have tend to... Um, have an advantage in against a lot of these of these teams. So I, I kind of want to take to when I was talking about those inconsistencies as well. I don't think like in general that was something they showed a lot in playoffs. I think they only showed the inconsistencies in the finals. Like they had regular split inconsistencies for sure. Yeah, and then I would say like they AD, ramped up. top into Camille. I I never want to see that again. <laughs> 
That was That's so fair. Fast. That's fair. But I think in, in terms of like, just like from the player perspective level in terms of like, yeah, they drafted what they drafted from like, but how they played with their draft, I think like they did choke a little bit in finals uh, in, compared to the level they would probably come in with usually. And I think the level they played themselves up to in that playoffs was phenomenal. I think they did a great job with beating out the teams they did. So I'm just hoping that that finals didn't do anything to them where they're like, oh my God, we have so many issues to fix. And I'm just hoping that they can still come in confident with, with what they showed through throughout LVP towards the end. Yeah, I think a good way to frame Bison's is um, it's kind of the way they play is kind of can be like a gift and a curse in BO1s where it's like it can really work in your favor, but you can also and you beat a team that's better than you, but by the same token, you could obviously it goes the other way and yeah, yeah, the the cheese sort of backfires. To sort of frame it again for people who are maybe don't watch uh, or haven't watched loads of VRLs, this is a very very lazy comparison, but a good way to kind of view them I guess from a drafting perspective would be like 2015 unicorns of love or something where they've just got combinations of all these fun like off meta quote-unquote cheesy picks which they can pull out they seem to always like go into a new series with a couple more just randomly added to the repertoire which they may or may or may not use as i said in terms of play style it's not particularly the same but just from a drafting perspective and the that problem that they pose to enemy teams you can kind of make a, a bit of a comparison there so i guess you guys are all sort of unilaterally saying LDLC 1 and Bison's 2. Is that, is that what I'm we're saying? I'm sticking with my Bison's 1. I'm sticking with Bison's 1. Oh, you're saying, okay, I'm, Bison's 1. I'm, okay. I'm putting that in with the best of one factor here. Uh, yeah, this is the thing. I think that Bison's have a pretty fun matchup into LDLC because, again, they're quite easy to scout out. I think that would be really fun. I think they might drop a game to USC, though, if it goes poorly enough. So I think they're going to go second for me, but they're going to take a game off of LDLC in going second. And Backer, as the resident LVP guy, you've got LDLC first, right? You think? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, interesting. LDLC first and Bison second. Interesting. So let's just immediately use that to segue into sort of the oh, next... Oh, just one last thing. Because oh, yeah. Atleta, like, there's one thing on Atleta which I will say. Because, like, their jungler, Might Dragon, used to play over in the LCL and the CIS. And actually, he's he's actually a pretty good player. So, like, there's... there's a... I'm just saying, like, there are some players of renown there. You know, there aren't, there aren't really, like, really crap teams in groups. I, I think that there is... There's always a chance of something happening. Um, I don't really know the rest of the team, but I'm interested to see how they do, given that that player's history and the LCL has typically had a pretty good competition when you've got like an Anasik and all the rest of it. So I'm interested to see how uh, uh, Mighty Dragon does. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I did them a little bit dirty there. I just kind of completely skipped over them. So uh, yeah, um, they are also competing in that group. There you go. Uh, but yeah, so sort of <laughs> segueing this into sort of a region strength discussion. And as I said, I think that group's going to be really interesting for sort of being a barometer for that. Um, obviously we're not going to necessarily touch on the sort of the more darker horse regions like your Greece's, your sort of Czech leagues or whatever. Um, but the big discussion, uh, particularly this year, I think, and also last year is how the top regions stack up. So traditionally people usually say, or historically people usually say LFL, LVP and prime league are normally like the three best. And then you have like NLC that's kind of like. Or there just are, makes the finals a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But going again, you know, we're not talking about you know the 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 delusional hater here, right? We're talking about the general consensus going in. Um, so yeah, how do you guys see the regional strengths? Obviously, again, the interesting the whole point of EU Masters, it's like an, a mini worlds, right? Like you, you, we can all speculate and say, oh, Korea would smash China at this, and actually the West, like, is really. Uh, you know measures up well in this area or whatever but we don't actually know or most of us don't actually know until we see it happen so how do you guys see this like i'll start with you goldberg like which region 
do you think is looking the strongest in terms of the participating teams? And yeah, how do they how do they stack up? How do you have it ordered? Those sort of first a, three regions. As a as a region point of view, I think it is still LFL because I'm not gonna say LVP is like uh, like uh, one team true, but they have like 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 three good teams coming through, like with LDLC coming in with. Okay, they have an LFL team in every group, right? So it's like the the average uh, LFL talent is still very much so there. Where I feel like LVP, like Fnatic, they might be able to stack uh, evenly on top as well, or be the number one team going into the tournament as well. I feel like a lot of people at least have them there. Um, so I think those are my two regions that's definitely on top. I don't think Prime League is... I think Prime League is where most people always anticipate them to be. Like, maybe they'll make quarters, semis, but I don't think they'll be making it up to finals uh, just yet. I think for LVP, it's like uh, finally the rise to fame again that you didn't get last time with UCAM after they got knocked out fairly early to K-Corp. I mean, if that was a best of five, maybe that could have been different. Who knows, right? Um, but I think those are the two stacked regions on top and after that it becomes a little bit interesting i think prime league level is actually better than the nlc oh. level um and i think that goes down to like from what i've seen with well we have x7 we're kind of still like a little bit of a one team league from and yeah. i hate to say this but it's kind of true uh how it comes through again we're situationally um, a multi-team region yes if we get the right situations for us yeah it's teams, like on a good they're, they're more narrow good conditions in a good week where, where everything clicks, like if we if we had your masters uh, you four give weeks into you give the riddle split, niddly because MC is like a, a world renowned niddly player. Maybe he could like Yeah, I mean like if we had uh, if we had uh, JDXL before they collapsed, if we had X7 mm. as well, you know, like mid split, maybe maybe I would have had other ch other sayings this time around. Um uh, but I'm not too con not too confident with the level of play coming in. Um, I think for a lot of the other regions, they're still playing playing spoiler. Like the Italian regions have been really good, showing up and pulling in some, you know, um, runs for groups every now and then. The same with the Greeks. Um, and I still does thinks that's the expectations or the good expectation from them. That's like how these regions succeed. If they make quarters, then you can be happy about it. And I think if you make groups, well, it, you just kind of followed expectations. So, so I think that's of, kind of the ranking. Particularly with the PG Nats and that as well. Last split, last EUM, they got so hard done by both their teams having really hard groups. I think it was OP in plans, probably got hardest group draw they could have done. I, I'm trying to remember if they drew someone like, I think, what was their knockout game versus? Were they versus like a go? It was, I was casting it. Yeah. It was a six game type. We had six games yeah. or like three or four games of tiebreakers into the night with yeah. Machko, uh, Mouse back then, and a yeah. three and a, and a third other team. And Machko I had like three hours of extra in, casting. Machko were in groups. It was their OPG or whatever it was in um, in plans. But either way, oh no, it might have been either way around. Yeah, yeah. But like that was Sebex match going like, not going like too much for tangent, but I really think PG Nats does almost deserve the quarterfinals last split with the way that they were playing. They got a really hard group stage um, draw. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that a lot of these regions, it'd be, it would be cool to kind of see them get that, that punch up performance and really get themselves a uh, result to be proud of. Because that, that's that's one of the best things of being a, a fan of, of a region which hasn't had as high expectations. When those moments do happen, you get that like real dopamine hit. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, Nymera, how do you have it stacked up with sort of LFL and LVP? What do you think is a stronger region? Uh, I don't know what's going on with LFL early games. That's the one thing which I've got a bit of a question mark there. I think that there are a couple of early game moments in LFL which make me a little bit questioning of um, how, how they're going to play out against some of the teams which have got a bit more of a, um, like a precise, aggressive angle in the early game. 
But I think when they get to mid game and they get to show off their, their team fight dynamics uh, and like their real carry players, it's very hard to argue against the real amount of talent which has been put together in the LFL. I think overall as a region, they have the highest level of talent uh, across the entire board. I think in terms of the very top teams, I don't think they are. I don't think they have like the one or two teams which is like far above the rest. I think it's competitive with the other top teams in the URLs. But overall, I think it's kind of hard to to argue against LFL. Um, as overall level, I think LVP. Yeah, I think they're a bit top top heavy right now. Um, I don't think that means that they can't have their second and third seeds or whatever um, in the future. Like deal some damage to the LFL. I think Bison's, as we said, they have real flexibility. I think they have a couple of X factors to bring to bear. I think it becomes more matchup. Favored at that point, it's in terms of, like, like I said, Bison's probably have a good matchup into LDLC in the way that they they don't have as much flexibility. But speaking, kind of like bringing zooming it out again, LFL overall slightly higher. Lots of caveats in that though. Yeah, I think to touch on uh, Goldborg's uh, point or and that you've also sort of mentioned about, it's not that they're necessarily a one-team region or whatever, but you know, kind of slight G2 2019 vibes where it's like you're not really arguing necessarily like. Yeah, the Europe against every Korean team. It's like, actually, we think that G2 might be better than every Korean team, but we probably wouldn't back the other teams to beat Korean teams in a best of five kind of scenario. <laughs> One team, by the way, that I think we might be remiss if we didn't mention uh, that we've sort of missed out at the very start. In terms of teams that didn't make it, that could have been interesting. I know this team didn't even make playoffs, but on paper, I think Heretics in LVP, right? Like that team was pretty stacked. I yeah, thought, I was hearing a lot paper. about them. I remember I remember speaking to Noah halfway through the split and that, that name came up a bit, but I uh, I didn't didn't really dive into them too much because they didn't make it. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think Heretics actually was a, a really weird team because they were like so one dimensional. It was like giants in a way where they would just play the Cyan, the tank stop. And when the whole breaker meta came up, they just completely collapsed. Like both Giants and the Heretics couldn't adapt to that meta. And every time they would pick the tanks, I don't know, it, it just felt like they would get turbo destroyed. And then they just, the Heretics lost seven games in a row or something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. Boom, right? like, it, yeah. I know. I think I think it's uh, interesting. I mean, for those who don't know, because some of these names might be familiar, um, their roster is Saltorius, who obviously used to be in LEC, albeit uh, yeah, not on the best roster. He was on that Origin roster, if, if you remember. Blues Raw, whose like name again always comes up in terms of is this one of the junglers who can maybe ne take the next step. Obviously, uh, Zwiru, who has been like rank one EU West like a million times, and it's sometimes been suggested that maybe his competitive performances don't quite measure up to being perpetually rank one. Uh, and of course, Jack Spectra, who's been hyped by everyone and their granddad in the region, very skilled AD carry player. Um, and Whiten, who I think is a very solid support. Again, kind of somewhat understated in some ways, I would say, but I would actually have him as sort of a top six, seven support in the ERLs, probably. Like, I think he's a very decent support. So this team on paper was really stacked and they didn't even make playoffs. And just so you know, you have to be top six in LBP to make playoffs so they didn't even make it into the top six which is kind of nuts because again i think people projecting you know contenders for eum might have mentioned heretics they probably to be fair wouldn't have had them as like a favorite or anything but they might have been like dark dark horse could do something could upset and yeah as i said they didn't even make playoffs in their own region so that that is a interesting one for sure um so yeah backer i think you said uh oh sorry i think we've I, you you already said that you you've had uh, lfl above lvp right no, no, no. Okay. No, but you picked uh, 
LD, okay, okay. So break it down for me. How do you see LVP in, in versus terms LFL? Of region, yeah, in terms of region, region I think LVP is better because they have us, right? Um, I think Fnatic is just Drives better than LFL. Like for us, our own, our goal is to beat the LFL, is to beat the French. Yeah. And maybe I get hate for this, but... <laughs> You know, oh come on! Really no, like, to, oh no! I want French. to win the tournament that I'm playing <laughs> yeah. in. I want to beat this competitor. I mean, no, uh, come on! That is completely normal. <laughs> long time ago, I don't know. The French were always very, you know, passionate about their league. That's and, a good uh, word. Passionate. Every time you would talk about them, like you would get some some stuff, right? So that's why I say this. I actually, yeah. yeah sorry, I, I, was gonna... I just want to say. Let, let me just finish. Yeah, that yeah. I, I just think that they actually have three really good teams. And I think that's pretty nuts for the league to have like such a stacked rosters in in the top three. But I do think we we are only one, but we can we can beat those three. That's all I want to say. Fair enough. So again, G two twenty nineteen. Rest of our region might be whatever, but EU is better than Korea because we're going to beat every team in that region. Okay, I like it. So again, let's segue that into who we believe the overall favorites are. So not just who's going to come out of groups, but who is most likely to take the title. Again, the preconceptions would have been, you know, a while ago. I think Fnatic would have been up there just purely based on their roster on paper. I think before they played a the game, people would have said that's decent shout. Carmine Corp, of course, would have been up there. And then it's kind of like pick your second favorite team from LFL, who you personally believe will be really good and you throw them, them in there. And then basically it's the first seeds normally for from your prime leagues or or whoever. So I'll start with you, Goldborg. Who do you have as your favorite? And who who do you imagine would be, you know, if they don't win it, well, then I'm, I'm rocking with these guys. Well, I have Fnatic as my favorite going into the tournament. Okay. And uh, that's not only just because Sparker is sitting here in this call. <laughs> um, I think I have more experience as well and a better grasp of some of their players as well, just because they came from the NLC. And I still think that they keep developing as well. And they look way better, the players that still stayed there. I think Bean, after he came from Worlds as well, the experience he got there going back to European Masters is uh, really valuable. Um, I think the, the fact... So the, here's the funny thing, though. I know I said Bison would make it out of group, out of LDLC. But I do still think in the clutch moments when it comes to the best offs, uh, I think LDLC have more experience and I think they will fare better going into playoffs instead. I think Bisons, from what they showed with some pressure, especially towards the finals, I'm not really 100% confident in them and I would be more confident in LDLC. So my top two is for sure Fnatic and LDLC. Wait, did you just put clutch and Ica in the same sentence? I, I just want to make sure that that's what we're talk talking about here. <laughs> Listen... They, 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 they pulled it out this time around. If there's a wave you're going to ride, it's after winning this final this time around. That's fair. That is fair. Okay, cool. What do you think, uh, Nightmare? Who, who have you got? Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of walking into saying, okay, pre-tournament, Fnatic Team Curso, they're probably one of the favorites. What else is in that pool? And then how do I order them? Uh, I was looking at LDLC. I think that everything after those two is conditional. Um, so mm -hmm. to kind of dive into those caveats, I think if Carmen Court make quarterfinals, You've got the big game players. I think this is something which uh, Goldborg was saying earlier. I very much agree with that. Sometimes people just play to the stage they're on. Um, and when you have that level of talent, Cabochard, I think, is probably the best player in the ERLs when he's playing on top form. Uh, you've also got Reckless in his team now. Um, I mean, last tournament, Cabochard was my player of the entire tournament. And the question yeah. is, can you have everyone clicking to the same level at that point? Can they sort out their early games? If you get to quarterfinals, you have a lot more leeway in that series to not just drop out because of one dumb mistake. Um, so I think that when you have LDL, I think you're going to have Fnatic Team Kersa. I think if Kami Core 
make it through into the best ofs. I think it's actually quite close between them and LDLC because of the, the nature of that stage. And then after that, it's a whole menagerie of caveats. I think X7 potentially could be punching upwards if the if the things happen. If the Copium is hitting hard enough at that point, but they, they could potentially <laughs> end up at that point. But um, it's a bit of a toss-up at that point between everyone kind of below the top three on caveats. Okay. And presumably, Backer, you're going to say yourselves i imagine who who do you think is the the who would you expect to play in the final i'll put it that way um i would say bds actually i think it will be bds in finals i think the 3-2 of uh, bds uh, ldlc was really close oh, and yeah. uh, i do think they are pretty clutch players as well so i'm and i guess we will only see them in the in the finals because we are in the same group assuming that we are passing both so yeah i, I would say bds be in the finals against alien olds wasn't too clutch in those finals but <laughs> that's just pure joke as well by the way he had a really good split on seco but yeah game five in a in a lfl finals really came down to the wire like those last team fights if you didn't watch it go back and watch them because that series is really really good, good. Yeah, I would actually say I, I kind of agree with Backer that I actually think that even though they won the series, I think BDS were actually better for longer than they were. Like, I think they were very unlucky not to win. I think they were the better team in that series. And I actually have LDLC as my third uh, team from LFL. And by the way, because of the strength of, you know, the LFL and the LBP or whatever, they're still a favorite, right? Just being the third in their own region, just because of LFL, I think they're still up there. But I actually think exactly what you uh, sort of all alluded to of K-Corp, I just think that when, you know, when it comes down to it, I expect big performances from your Cabo Shards, from your Recklesses, in not even necessarily them like tapping into some new height or something. I just think they will not be affected at all the higher the stakes get. I think it will be irrelevant to them. And I think for other teams, particularly LDLC, because of some historical precedents, uh, especially, I think that they don't fall into that category. And I think BDS is in between the two. I think they have uh, more clutch, if you want to call it that, on their team. But I also actually just think they're a bit, I think they're a, a bit of a better team. And after watching that best of five, I left thinking that BDS were a better team um, hmm. than LDLC. So yeah, obviously I've got Fnatic first. I think Fnatic probably have four of the best 10 players in in the uh, whole tournament. And I think a lot of those guys will probably end up in LEC. As I said, I won't say which four those are because unfortunately that will just highlight the one guy I maybe wouldn't put in that uh, conversation. But I think that the whole team is really good. And by the way, even the guy who I wouldn't put in, you know, the top 10 best ERL players, he's still very good. It's just, I, yeah, I don't hold him to quite the same standard. So yeah, for me, it would be Fnatic is like relatively clear favorites i think if you were doing like an odds thing not to pile pressure on you uh back but i think if you're doing like an odds thing this would be like one of the most so extreme one caveat uh, as yeah. well is again like because because there's so many moving parts i'm pretty sure we're going on to a different patch for um this stage of the tournament as well i think that plans was on 12.5b i think this is going into 12.6 at this point um that might actually shake up some stuff it's not you know that there have been little bits of changes and it's it's really hard to like give definitive predictions at this point all you can kind of say is like this is what could change. Do with it what you want. And what, by the way, what do you think of that? Do, are you in favor of the fact that play-ins were played on a different patch to the main tournament? No, I hate it. I hate yeah, it. I think, I don't when think you go into happen. a tournament, I don't like, think the entire tournament should be so, like that. Should not be a different factor when you go into a tournament yeah, that is switchy salt mid tourney. I know it's not mid tourney, um, but 
Because, I mean, there, there have been some tournaments uh, that have just had, like, their results completely changed. So, I mean, hell, when I first started casting Spring 2020, uh, LGL Plus switched three patches because of COVID. I went from, like, 10.5 to 10.8, and I completely nice. changed the meta, and the best team also completely changed. Now, it's never going to be as extreme as that. That was a very individual situation, but there were a couple of times where you sat there with, like, small patch changes, just kind of ruined the tournament. Season 5 Worlds, also pretty good example of that. Um, I, I just think that as a precedent... Uh, you shouldn't allow it for smaller changes, even though, you know, it's mainly the big changes you're worried about. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. So, your winner is who, Goldborg? you got to pick now. Fnatic. Fnatic, okay. Yeah. Obviously, Backer, I'm assuming you're picking uh, Fnatic. And you're picking BDS to be yeah. in the final, right? I, I don't want to jinx it, so yeah, I, I won't fair say enough. Okay. who I think it will win. Yeah, and uh, Nymera, who, who are you going for? One name. Yeah, no, no, it's going to be Fnatic. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, okay, awesome. So one last thing I want to kind of uh, leave us with before before we peace out here is just any players that you think are worth highlighting for fans out there who, again, might not have um, paid too much attention to the ERLs or what have you. Who are sort of the, the couple of players that you think they should be looking at, whether these are guys you project will be in the LEC or maybe just some super fun, crazy jungler or, or whoever it is. Who do you think Goldborg are sort of the players to watch and don't just say the whole of Fnatic, because I'll just say right now that they're... No, 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 no. So yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll always have my Danes to look out for. So I think Maxi for sure in the jungle, of course. I think Gooby on Bisons actually it has oh, a really unique him. situation too <laughs> as an AD carry as well. Um, I think he really stepped up. I think... I still think Sugenda's got it. I think that entire Vitality roster was really like Crash and Burn, and I still think he's a good top laner that could make it as well back in. Um, so those are definitely like the top three Danes that I always have in my peripheral uh, when I'm at least looking at this European Masters. Okay, cool. What about you, Nymera? Yike is really good. I think that Yike is a uh, jungle that we can really see uh, going a little further. Uh, I've, I've been chatting to a lot of coaches who've been, you know, keeping a lot of eyes on that player too. So I think that's one. I think Gooby, um, part of the, the the better parts of the maneuverability and draft of what Bison's have done. I think, you know, he's, he's uh, done a lot of good stuff and it's someone that... Uh, I've heard a lot about from Goldborg. So Gooby's up there, and then I think... Um, can I get an NLC players. player? Can I get an NLC player? Uh, Haru. Haru is so good. There you right go. Now. Um, Haru, Haru <laughs> yeah, is the rookie. kind of player with like... Yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 I know it's so hard hard to like... Just say, what the hell? He's a previous world champion, but he has an Ezreal jungle skin and stuff like that. But he's just so good. He takes over games by himself, and uh, you like make, make one mistake in the early game, the game's kind of over against him, uh, at least in the NLC region. I'd love to see if he could do it on EU Masters. What do you think of Tempt, by the way? Do you think that people okay. have been a bit lazy with kind of packaging them and being like, these two are both insane? Or do you feel like this guy is legitimately, you know, more than carrying his weight to sort of the extent that Haru does? I, I think he's the I think he's the best holistic mid laner in the NLC. I think Eminem, it's like, you know the... the um, the interview which came out about, uh, I'm trying to remember who said this about Vito on his team in terms of like Vito plays like the, the, the hyper carry style played, like the selfish style incredibly well. Needs to develop some of the other styles in terms of catering towards the team, but that style's really good. That's kind of what you see with MS on the side of JDXL. Tempt already is the holistic player. He'll kind of do whatever the hell you want him to. And I think he's very high level of what he, what he wants. Um, and, and that's very invaluable to have in a teammate. Awesome. And what about you, Backer? Obviously not your teammates. I think this guy back is really good, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. He's what do you? What do you? Because I'm here. <laughs> who, who have you been impressed by from other teams that you? Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that from X7. Although I'm a non-believer, I do think that Koreans are actually good. Uh, as you're saying, Haru and Tempt, I think they are quite good. 
I also think the bot lane of LDLC, I'm curious about what they will do. And yeah, overall BDS for me are the players to watch as well. Okay, awesome. Right, that's going to be it, guys. I'm just going to leave and they can decide between the two of them, either Nymera or Goldberg. Can one of you quickly plug when EUM's next going to be on? I actually had it written down somewhere, but I can't find 14th, it. So where can where 14th. can fans find uh, the first, uh, yeah, the games play of group stage of EUM? It starts on the 14th. Uh, I'm trying to remember what time it starts. 17. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, on, and Central that's on European, European time. time. That's your time. So yeah, it's uh, this Thursday. Um, so enjoy that. So there you go. And as I said, as things goes on, my vision is that after groups, I'll probably do something a bit similar to this and kind of talk about the groups that have happened and so on. But as for now, thanks for watching, guys, and catch you next time.